0: For the word this morning? Do you love the word of God? I love the word. We are continuing our series on 10X. 10X. Our scripture for this series is Daniel chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. That says, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times, everyone say 10 times, better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. You know what the best feeling in the entire world is? Number one, the epidural. Number two, um, when you're at the airport, and you're walking, you know, cruising, headed to your gate or wherever uh, you're trying to go. And then all of a sudden you see one of those mobile walkways, which did you know they're actually called travelators? You learned something new today. You see a mobile walkway and, and as you go up to it, right when you step on it, you start going so much faster than you were going before. And it's not that you're putting in more effort or more energy or you're working harder. There's just some power that's underneath you, empowering you to go faster than you could go on your own. That is the power of the 10X anointing. It's not that you're working harder or exerting more effort or energy. There's just some power that's on you to make you 10 times better, 10 times more effective, productive, creative, impactful, intelligent than everybody else. I actually believe that the people of God should be 10 times better than the world. And I think at times it seemed like the world has been passing people of God by, but I believe that God is flipping the script and he's giving his people a 10X anointing so much so that the world is going to look at the church and say, what do they have that I don't? That's what the 10X power of God does. And we're declaring as a church that we are stepping into a 10X season a 10x anointing with 10x favor and we're saying god would you 10x us in the next decade would you put your super on our natural to do what we cannot do on our own and if you're believing for a 10x anointing can you just thank god for what he's about to do in our lives as i was praying about what god wanted to speak today um, I felt like he led me to a passage in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 4. And that's where we're going to be today. I believe it has a lot to teach us about walking out this 10X vision in our lives. And what's happening in this passage is this is actually a prophetic word that God gives the prophet Zechariah to speak to a man named Zerubbabel. Zechariah chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right and the other on the left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? He says, no, my Lord, I replied. I think that's hilarious because if God asked me, do do you know what this means? I'd be like, for sure, (laughs) totally know what that means. But Zechariah was honest and said, nope, I have no idea what that vision means. And in verse six, it says, so God said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands, this is interesting, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and on the left? Verse 13, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. Verse 14, so he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. This passage of scripture has a lot of familiar verses in it. Verses that we often quote, that we wear, that we put on our phones and in our house. Such as, who are you, great mountain? Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Right? Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. But did you know that all of those scriptures are found in one passage, in context to God speaking to one man about what he's called to build. Zerubbabel was the man who was in charge of building the temple of God after the first temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians 50 years prior. And when you look at the Bible, really there's this continual theme of building. God called Noah to build the ark. The people built the Tower of Babel, build the tabernacle, build the temple. Jesus himself was a carpenter. Jesus taught about wise versus foolish builders. And it seems to me that it's really important to God what we build and how we build. Today, I wanna talk from the subject of 10X builders, 10X builders builders. It was about this time last year that uh, Marshall and I started the process of buying a new construction home. And um, I quickly learned that not all buildings are made the same. And not all builders are the same. See, before last year, I thought that a building is a building. And everybody abides by, you know, the base standard of building constructions and unfortunately that's not the case. In fact, we learned that there's builders with good reputations and builders with bad reputations. People would tell us don't use this builder because it'll take longer than they say it'll take. It'll cost more than they say it'll cost. They don't communicate well and they use poor supplies That won't last. They use builder's great stuff just to get the job done, but it won't last you a year. I'm like, okay, so I learned that there's good builders and bad builders. And some people have such a bad experience with builders. In fact, online, there's these videos of home inspectors videoing them inspecting these new build homes. And it is appalling some of the stuff that they find. They find structural issues, leaks, cracks, holes, nails that are installed all which way looks like a four year old did it. I mean, it is appalling. In fact, I just had to show you what I'm talking about. So I want you to check out this video real quick. Right, 2023 new build on the roof right now. This is one of the reasons why I like to climb roofs It's because this drone would have never picked this up. How is this even installed properly? It's not because the lead is not even folded into the PVC right here. So right now when it rains, water actually has a chance of actually leaking between the jack and the PVC straight into the attic area. Water in the attic, y'all! That is wild! Okay, I got one more for you. Here we go. Oops. Oops is a new build home. Can you imagine moving into your brand new house, pristine, no one's ever lived in it. And then there's water in your attic and you go up the stairs and and it's falling on you. I mean, that is crazy. So lesson number one, get your new homes inspected. Okay. Uh, Lesson number two, the quality and the result and the experience of what we get is really dependent on the builder that we choose. And I just have a question for you to consider today. When it comes to building the kingdom of God, what kind of builder are you? What kind of builder are you? What kind of reputation do you have in heaven? When God wants something built for him, are you at the top of his list? When God asks you to build something for him, what is he met with? Is he met with, yes, we can do it? Or is he met with, here's all the reasons why we can't? Is he met with, I'll get started right away? Or is he met with, I'll get started when I'm ready? Is he met with faith or is he met with doubt? Is he met with positivity or negativity? Do you build what God wants you to build or do you build what you want to build? What kind of builder are you? Really the question today is, can God trust you? Because I believe this, that if God can trust you, then God will 10X you. But if God can't trust you, God's not gonna 10X you. You just look at the Hebrew children in Daniel. They didn't randomly receive the 10X anointing. That's how we think it is sometimes. Well, God just draws from a hat and whoever gets it, gets it. That is not the case. The Hebrew children received the 10X anointing because they were proven to be trusted. How do I know that? Daniel chapter one, the title of that passage is Daniel's faithfulness. So before he was known for his 10X anointing, he was known for his faithfulness. Can God trust you? If God can trust you, then God will 10X you. God won't 10X laziness. God won't 10X procrastination. God won't 10X a bad attitude. God won't 10X half-hearted work. God won't 10X poor stewardship. We gotta be faithful, trusted builders in order to receive the 10X anointing. The prayer of my life has been, God, you can trust me. If you're looking for someone to use, you can use me. If you're looking for someone to build, I'll be your builder. Is that the prayer of anyone else in the room? God, you can trust me. I want to be a 10X builder. It's important to know about Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel was trusted to rebuild God's temple, which was a very, very important job Uh, to God. And he was not, or Zerubbabel did not just sign up for this task. Zerubbabel did not volunteer as tribute for this task. Haggai tells us, Haggai 2.23, on that day declares the Lord Almighty he says, I will make you like my signet ring, speaking to Zerubbabel, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. The message version, version says, I've looked over the field and I've chosen you for this work. So Zerubbabel did not just sign up for this task. He was chosen by God for this task. And I just want to speak to the season that you're in right now and what you're building and the work that you do. You didn't just sign up for it. God chose you for it. You're not there by accident or coincidence or even just your own decisions. You're doing what you're doing because God chose you for it. God chose you for that spouse. God chose you for those kids. God chose you for that business. God chose you for this church and God chose you for this city. You're chosen by God. Chosen. There was a season in my life where I did not uh, want to preach anymore. Um, Years ago, I just thought, man, I could live without that. I would sleep a whole lot better if I did not have to preach anymore. I don't know if you know this, but we don't just get up here and start blabbing away a whole lot of work and studying and preparation and pressure sometimes and anxiety. Sometimes public speaking is one of the top fears in the entire world. And so I just said, God, I could do without that. And uh, there was a a preacher that I love and respect um, that was here one day. He heard that I didn't want to preach anymore. And he went and found me. He said, where's Madison? When he found me, he said, I heard you don't want to preach anymore. I said, yes, that's correct. (laughs) He said, look at me. This, what he said, marked my journey. He said, listen, some people volunteer and sign up to go to war. Other people are drafted into war. He said, I got news for you. You've been drafted. We need you. God needs you. We need your voice. So put your big girl pants on and do what God's called you to do. All right, Uh, I went and prayed about it and came to the conclusion he's right. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't just think this would be fun or a good idea. I was chosen by God. You were chosen by God. You didn't just sign up for this as a good career path. God chose you for what you're doing right now. The season that you're in, you're chosen, chosen by God. So Zerubbabel, he was chosen for this work to rebuild the temple and so he gets to work and he starts to rebuild this temple that was completely demolished and destroyed and Solomon's temple was just glorious and so it was a huge task, it was no easy task. He gets started uh, rebuilding this temple and after two years, he lays the foundation but he experiences so much opposition difficulty and pushback that he actually pauses the progress of the building. And a lot of the opposition he faces, he faced then, we face today. You ever been so excited about a vision and you are like ready to go? Vision day last week and you're like, let's do it. I'm in. I'm ready. God chose me. I'm selling everything. Let's do this. And then you get started. It's a whole lot harder than you thought it would be. Listen, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. I said, listen, I want to be a doctor. All the way up until sophomore year, you asked me, I want to be a doctor. I took one pre-med class as a sophomore. Not even a real class, an introduction class. And I said, nope, not for me, not happening. The amount of memorization, I mean, memorizing every bone in the body, every valve in the heart. I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) not for me. This happens when we get a God vision, a 10X vision. We get so excited, so pumped, so ready. But then we face some trials and it's harder than we thought. This was the case for Zerubbabel and and a lot of the, the opposition he faced, we face today. One of the things he faced was Lack of, I'll let you guess it, resources, money. That's like top of the list. God gives you a 10X vision, what's the number one problem? I don't got the money for that. He faced lack of resources. He faced lack of manpower, lack of help. Solomon had over 150,000 men employed to build the first temple. Zerubbabel had 50,000, a third, and that included women and children. Lack of help, lack of people. And then lastly, he faced so much negativity and criticism from people. And we talked about this last week, the test of voices. When you are after a 10X vision for your life, this is one of the things that you will face is the negativity and discouragement from people. But for Zerubbabel, it wasn't just anybody who wasn't on board. For him, it was the older generation that was so in love with Solomon's temple that they had grown, grown up with. The Bible says that they would wail and they would mourn. Because they said no, nothing would ever compare to what they had when they were growing up. They were so holding on to what God did in the past that they couldn't grab on to what God had in the future. They were so holding on to what they had in the past that they actually stopped what God wanted to do. Be careful not to be so obsessed and loving and holding on to what God has done in the past, as great as that is, sometimes you got to be able to say what God wants to do in the future is going to be better than that. It's going to be better than that. And this happens, we get so fixated on what God did then that we can't receive what God wants to do in the future. I am one of the oldest Gen Z there is. 97. I was like the starting point. I am Gen Z. Y'all think I'm young. Young people think I'm old. And uh, I had a teenager ask me this week, when did you start feeling old? I was like, I don't feel old. Do I look old? Even at my age, I found myself this temptation happening. Nothing will ever compare to the encounters with God, the moves of God I had when I was in high school. I remember when we built this building, there was a part of it that was kind of sad because I loved that building and I loved the encounters and the conferences and and that carpet is like covered in tears from encounters with God. And if we're not careful, we will be stuck in the past and we can't receive what God has for the future. And this is what happened for Zerubbabel. And, and he faced so much negativity and so much discouragement that he actually stopped. And the foundation was built, but everything else paused for 20 years, 20 years. He'd given up on it. And then that is when God comes in Zechariah chapter 4 and speaks a word to him that I believe was his 10x moment, because God said, listen, Zerubbabel, I'm not done yet. You may be done, but I'm not done, and I'm not satisfied with just the foundations being laid. What I start, I finish. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. If God started something in your life, he's going to... And make sure it's finished. As a church, I believe what we've seen God do this far is just the foundation. And y'all might think, oh, this is the whole temple. No, this is just the beginning. This is just the foundation. God's just getting started. We've barely scratched the surface of what God wants to do. He wants the whole city transformed, not just the foundation. So God shows up in this 10X moment, and he tells Zerubbabel some keys on what it takes to be a 10X builder. The first thing that he says in verse six says, the the this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord almighty. 10X builders, number one, build by his spirit. Build by his spirit. This is the first thing that God says to Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Now I can't talk about spirit without talking about the building. And I, I think there's two main groups of people. There's work people who are gritted out, hustle, grind, blood, sweat, and tears. And there's spirit people who are let go and let gone. God's gonna do all the work. And neither groups of people are able to accomplish the 10x vision that God has for them. Because 10x vision requires work and spirit. Work and spirit building by his spirit god says not by might nor by power but by my spirit but he also says to your hand started this your hand is gonna finish it he doesn't say i'm gonna finish it no your hand is gonna finish it work and spirit now something about me i love plants And I would live in a greenhouse if I could. Uh, the only problem is I'm not, I'm not good at taking care of them. (laughs) And, uh, I came home last week to this. This is what I came home to. This was like my favorite plant in the house. I came home to this. Now, Zerubbabel, his, his assignment was to rebuild the temple. And I think this is what he started with. This is what he was working with. I think this is like the foundations that he kind of got going, and then this is the rest of it. <laughs> and oftentimes, when God gives us a 10x vision, he shows us what this could be. He shows us how big and healthy and strong and beautiful this could be. But this is what we're working with. And our tendency is to go to prayer and to pray, God, grow it, God, grow it, God, grow it. The only problem is we're not watering it. So it doesn't matter how much we pray. If we don't water, it's not going to grow. We pray, God, grow my marriage, grow my marriage, grow my marriage, grow my marriage, but I can't forgive and I can't heal and I never apologize and I'm always lashing out, that thing is not gonna grow. God, grow my finances, grow my finances, grow my finances, but I'm not tithing and my finances aren't submitted to God and I'm not a good steward of what I have, that thing is not gonna grow. God reached the city, God reached the city, God reached the city. But I don't show Jesus outside of the four walls. It's not going to grow. Paul says one waters, one plants, only God makes it grow. I got news for us today. God won't grow it if we won't water it. We have to plant and to water and be faithful. With this, when it's small, and then God will 10X it. Then God will grow it. But if we're not faithful with the little things, we're not gonna be faithful with much. That's why God says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. God's not gonna hand you a tree. He hands you this. And if you're faithful with this, then God will bless it. It's work, work. And spirit, some of you today feel like situations in your life look like this. Your marriage looks like this. Finances look like this. Your health, your mind looks like this. And God's saying, if you would be faithful to plant and to water, to obey my word, to get in the house of God, and start being faithful. You just watch what I can do. You watch me 10X that thing. You watch what I could do with that thing. Listen, in 10 years, you're gonna look back and say, how did God do that? It's because you were faithful with little and God gave you much. This word in the, in the Bible, uh, spirit, not by might nor by power, but by, by my spirit, that word is the word ruach, which is the wind or the breath of God. And so God's saying, if you're faithful to do the work and to plant and to water, then I will breathe on that thing. And I picture it like a sailboat. If you're faithful to put up the sails and to build the sails, then it can catch the wind and it can go farther than you ever thought it could. It will go farther than you could ever do in your own rowing your own straining, if it catches the wind. And I just pray over every area of your life as you're faithful to do the work that God's gonna breathe on it and it's gonna catch the wind. I declare over you that your family's gonna catch the wind. Your faith is gonna catch the wind. Your kids are gonna catch the wind of the Holy Spirit. Our church is about to catch a wind. The Dream Center in Dallas is about to catch a wind. Your business is about to catch a wind. If you're faithful to put up the sails and work with your hands, Zerubbabel, I'll breathe on it. I'll breathe on it. I'll breathe on it and do what you could never do. I'll do what no man could do. I'll open what no man can open. I'll shut what no man can shut. It's what happens when we build by his spirit. Do what you can and God will do what you cannot. The next thing God says after that in verse seven, he says, what are you? mighty mountain. Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. 10X builders number two, build through mountains. Build through mountains. I have a cat that is borderline feral. And so there is constant cat litter in our house. And I I find myself vacuuming nonstop. So I've debated on getting a Roomba. So, by a show of hands, how many of you have a Roomba? Wow, okay, okay, hands down. If you recommend a Roomba, can I see your hand? Okay, all right, hands down. If you don't recommend a Roomba, let me see your hand. Wow, okay, all right, half and half. That was first service too. Wow, that has nothing to do with my message. I just had to know if I should buy one or not. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Roombas are interesting because they go... But the second they face an obstacle, they turn and they redirect. And so they'll go, and then they'll hit, and then they'll, they'll redirect. And I think a lot of believers live their lives like a Roomba. And you're going, and you're following God, and you're building. But the second you face an impossibility, a problem, or a setback, you say, well, got to redirect. Can't go that way. up. Oh can't go that way. That must not be God's plan. That must not be God's will. And it looks like you're moving and making progress, but really you're staying in the same place. You ever played with an ant before? You get a little twig and you're just like, it's going in circles. It's how a lot of us live our lives. And the devil's playing with you because he puts an obstacle in front of you And you just redirect, thinking that that's not God's plan and that's not God's way and that's not God's will. I'm one of the ELC directors for our young adults, our leadership college, and this is so notorious. They step out in faith to do the leadership college and obey God, and then they're they're faced with opposition. Their car breaks down, they lose their job, and then they say, well, this must not be God. This must not be God's plan. And I would tell you the fact that you're facing a mountain... It's confirmation. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I got news for someone this morning. Mountains are not supposed to move you. You are supposed to move mountains. You're supposed to move mountains. 10X builders move mountains. We don't build around mountains. I say, well, can't do that. They said, no, can't. that's too much money. Well, they said something negative no you're called to build through mountains god says that mountain will become level ground how do you move a mountain you speak to it speak to it god is speaking in this passage to the mountain directly who are you you will become he's speaking to it jesus always spoke to problems he always spoke to mountains Jesus spoke to storms, Jesus spoke to sickness, Jesus spoke to dead people, and Jesus spoke to demons. He always spoke to it. So start speaking to that thing and stop complaining about it and stop trying to build around it. Speak to it. If you're facing an impossibility, a challenge, a difficulty, speak to that thing. Flatten that thing out. Who are you? It's like the most disrespectful question you could ever ask somebody, do I know you? Who are you again? It means you made no impact, you have no power, you have no influence, I don't even know you. That's how God speaks to your mountains. You're like, that's huge, that's immovable, there's no way. And God's like, who is that? What is that? Speak to that thing and say, tell it to move. Tell it to move. And right now, I just speak to every mountain you're facing in your life. I speak to every mountain that's stomped you, that's tried to redirect you, and I tell it to move. I tell that fin- financial mountain to move. I tell that addiction to break and to move right now. I tell doubt and unbelief and offense to move. I tell impossibility to move. Who are you, Great Mountain? 10x builders build through mountains. And lastly, Zachariah's a little confused about these two olive trees on the side of the vision. And God says in verse 14, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord in all the earth. So Zerubbabel was not the only anointed one. There was also another anointed one, which in Zechariah's time was a man named Joshua. He was not the only anointed one they were called to build together. 10X builders, lastly, they build together. We're called to build together. God often calls in scripture two people together. He called Haggai. Haggai and Zechariah were actually partner prophets. He called Moses and Aaron, Joshua and Caleb, Elijah and Elisha, Peter and John, Paul and Barnabas. And there were four Hebrew children who received the 10X anointing. Scripture tells us things like two are better than one. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. It's not good for man to be alone. If two of you on earth agree on anything, it will be done for them. So my question for you is, why do you think you can build alone? Why do you think you can live this godly life alone? Why do you think you can build a godly family alone? Why do you think you can build a godly business alone? You're not called to do this thing alone. Who are you building with? Because who you're building with is just as important as what you're building. You need builders around you. You need kingdom people around you. You need faith people around you. You need Calebs around you that say, surely we can do it. People are either like fire feeders or fire extinguishers. And you better get around some fire feeders who are going to feed the fire and the passion and the vision and the anointing that's on your life. I'm so grateful for our team and the people in our life, like like the Jimmersons and the Andonis and the Lamedues and Taylor and Christian. We wouldn't be who we are without them. You need a team. And what God's doing right now in this Metroplex, in our church and in our nation, we can't do it alone. We need each other. We need you and you need a team. You need a team. You're not a lone wolf. Stop believing the lie that nobody gets you and nobody understands and you don't fit in. No, that is a lie and God has anointed someone to come alongside you. And if you've never found that person, we have many ways you can find your people. We have 1132U, as we mentioned before. We have Flourish Parties Women. You have got to sign up for Flourish Parties. We got ELC for young adults, our leadership college. We got lead teams, which is the best place to find community. Listen, this is not about checking a box. This is about finding builders to come alongside so that we can build together. We need each other. This is what 10X builders do. This is what it looks like to be a 10X builder. 10X builders build by his spirit, build through mountains and build together. And I believe God is raising up 10X builders. I believe that this is your 10X moment. This is a 10X season that we are stepping into. What's so awesome about Zerubbabel is, before this moment, it had been 20 years, and he had only laid the foundations. After this moment, it took him one year to finish the entire temple, because that's what God does with a 10x anointing you will do more in one year with the 10X power of God than it took you 20 years to do on your own. And I believe that if we step into this, we'll see God do more in one year than we've seen him do in the last 20. We gotta build what he's called us to build and build how he's called us to build it, amen?